In this series in which we have been discussing the question of teaching children how to solve problems God's way, we have so far discussed the matter of teaching children the basic orientation toward problem solving, trying to teach children through being on teaching terms with them, and we've also talked about the biblical method of teaching, the discipleship method of teaching by show and tell, not only by what we say to our children, but by the way that we live before them in our lives at home, by demonstrating the truth of God incarnated in our very lives in front of them. Today we come to one of the most important matters of all, and that is the matter of teaching children simply to handle problems, to face them. There are many children who grow up like their parents who continue throughout life to avoid problems. Uh, they grow up in such a way that they never really have learned how to come to grips with problems. And of course it's extremely easy for us to do that because in the Garden of Eden when God came walking in the garden in the cool of the day we read in verse 8 in chapter 3 of Genesis that the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They hid. They were trying to avoid facing the problem. The problem, of course, was that they had sinned against God. They had disobeyed his word. They had decided to go their own way, to eat of the tree that he had forbidden, to listen to Satan rather than to God, to exchange the father of lights for the father of lies to listen to his lies and to follow them rather than to enjoy the pleasures of that Garden of Eden, or as you might translate those words, Garden of Eden, the Park of Pleasures, this wonderful park, this marvelous garden in which God had delights and pleasures for man of every sort and had only forbidden out of the hundreds, perhaps even thousands of trees made available for him and all the wonderful delights in that garden had forbidden but one tree in the middle of the garden, the one that showed that he was in charge, that he was the God who had given it all to them. And now they had taken, contrary to his command, taken fruit from that tree and had eaten it. They had rebelled against God, and they were guilty, and they knew it. And God comes walking in his normal fashion, walking in the cool of the day, the time when he would normally meet with Adam and with Eve and talk to them about the marvelous things that he conveyed to them as they walked together in peace and in loving fellowship. But something had come between them. Sin had driven a wedge between man and his God. And because of that wedge and because of that sin, because the guilt that was felt in the awful feeling of estrangement now and the awful feeling of shame and embarrassment and the awful sense of judgment which hung over Adam, Adam hid from God. There, I suppose, is one of the most tragic factors of all that men are hiding from God. They always have been hiding from God ever since that day in Eden when God found that Adam had crawled behind the trees in order to avoid him. Now, children then have this natural sin, sinful tendency built in them. They do not want to face problems. They'll hide their guilt from their parents. They'll hide their guilt from their teachers. They'll hide their guilt from their friends. They'll try to avoid facing up 
to the wrongs that they've done or facing up to difficult situations in life. And this is exactly what we need to tell our children from an early day to uh, correct. If we're interested in training children preventively to keep them from building the wrong patterns, we'll do everything that we can to convince our children that it is better to tell the truth and face the consequences than it is to try to hide the truth and to run from those consequences. Many people, because of the patterns that they develop in childhood, go on throughout all of their lives running and hiding. There are people who hide behind lies, people who hide behind uh, supposed sicknesses, people who create bizarre behavior on their own just to get out of the mess and to get uh, taken to a uh, mental institution where somebody says to them, we'll see, he couldn't help it. And they're hiding behind that kind of explanation. People who hide, 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 hide. That is never the way to meet a problem. Problems must be solved. They cannot be run from or avoided. Whenever we try to avoid a problem or hide from it, it grows larger. Not less, but larger. It grows more complex. Not less complex, but it gets new wrinkles, new angles, new aspects. It builds upon itself new problems and new, new difficulties, which we never anticipated and would not have had to deal with had we dealt with it earlier. It's like the tooth. The person who tries to avoid getting that tooth dealt with because he doesn't like the pain of going to the dentist and sitting in a dentist chair and having the needle stuck in his gum and the tooth drilled or pulled or whatever, if he tries to avoid the pain and tries to avoid the problem, tries hoping that it will go away, he finds that he only has more pain in the long run. He has all the ache in between as the pain continually comes back. Eventually, it may even get abscessed, and the tooth, instead of being preserved, may have to be pulled. In the long run, everybody finds out, even if that long run for an individual may be hell itself, an individual finds out that it is always better to face the problem than to run from it. Spurgeon once put it this way. He said, it's easier to crush the egg than it is to kill the snake. How much easier it is before that little egg and that little snake emerging from it grows into a powerful python. And so it is with sin. So it is with problems. So it is with the difficulties that we feel inwardly that we don't want to face. But we know from the word of God that we must. Let us not hide either from problems that stand between us and others or the problems that God presents us with because of our sin. Let us always go out in repentance and admit our guilt and face the difficulties and by the power of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ deal with them. That is the picture that we as parents must present in the way that we handle problems as we try to show, not only tell our children, how they must deal with their problems. And so we must encourage our children when they do tell us the truth, when they do try to handle problems, even if they don't do all that well, if they're making that attempt, they can be encouraged about that effort that is being made, even if they still must be punished for the wrong that uh, takes place. And again, if they have lied, trying to hide through a lie, or if they have tried to avoid, they should be doubly punished, not only for the thing that was wrong, but they should be punished as well for the hiding and for the lying and for the attempt to cover up after all, how much easier Watergate would have been if there had been no cover-up, if there had been no attempt to hide, if there had been a simple, straightforward admission of the facts of that situation. Probably the whole situation would have worked out entirely differently 
if at an early date the whole thing had been dealt with and faced straightforwardly. Christian children, if we want to prevent the difficulties that they will have throughout life and later life, must be encouraged to face problems, to face them realistically, to face them biblically, to face them God's way. Lord, help us in our own lives not to run from problems, to hide from difficulties, or to hide from you and your judgment of us. But Lord, help us as we in our lives demonstrate the proper way of dealing with problems to our children. Help us to face up to those things that we don't feel like facing up to, remembering that we do it not only for our children, but first and foremost because God has told us to. For this we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen.